welcome to the Golden Rock Podcast, bringing you some of the latest and greatest Pokemon news. And if you last a long way, I'm Ben, and as always, I'm joined by fellow Pokemon enthusiast, Connor. Before we begin, you can jump around the podcast by using the timestamps in the description below. And trust me, you might want to, because we have got a lot to cover today, haven't we, Connor? We have. And uh, for those of you who follow this on a weekly basis, I apologize that I don't update the YouTube uh, links as much as I should, by which I mean I don't. <laughs> Do the timestamps? Um, <laughs> do you not? I forget. Okay, because at one point I was going through and doing it, and then I realized yeah. I was doing different ones to you were doing on the sort of podcast on Spotify and things like that. So then I started waiting for you to upload that, and then I'd go and copy and paste your ones in. Except from sometimes I can't copy and paste from Spotify on my phone, so I need to wait till I'm at a computer, and then I, I missed one or two, and then it just snowballed, and I stopped doing it after a while. <laughs> right, okay. <laughs> so for weeks, you've been yes. saying you can find the timestamps in the description below, and it's I, I've made you a liar. You have made me a, a liar. I can't believe the level of backstabbing that has gone on on this podcast by somebody I consider a friend, no less. <laughs> what I'll do from now on is once I've done the uh, timestamps, I'll throw them your way on uh, Discord. How does that sound? Sounds good. Thank you. There you go. It's the least. <laughs> it's the least I can do, considering um, you know what. What else you do for the podcast? So, any other sins you want to confess while you you're here? Uh, nothing that isn't going to be shared between me and my priest. Let's move on. <laughs> Let's move on. So, the first piece of news this week: uh, we the next uh, seven star raids is Pikachu. Uh, a water t- terror type Pikachu taking place between the 24th and the 27th of February. Uh, no other news, really, from yeah. that. Um, nothing bit confirmed. Of a, bit of a shame that it's Pikachu. You know, it's not like Pikachu wasn't already in the game. Yes. Uh, we have to assume, I mean, I, I personally assume it's going to be a surfing Pikachu because we already have the flying Pikachu. Mm-hmm. Um, so I can imagine it being a terror water type, probably having access to lightning rod just to make it that much harder to take down. Um, maybe even hold a light ball just to make it super duper strong. Although I don't think any of the seven star raids before have held anything, but it'd be really cool if this one did. Um, yeah, it's, it's a little bit of a shame that it's Pikachu. Again, people were I... kind of hoping for like Mewtwo or maybe another star to be added in. We didn't get any of that. No, I I guess I understand why they've chosen Pikachu from a... It's Pokemon Day, Pikachu's the mascot, and it's almost like, oh, Ash is leaving the anime, like, Pikachu might not be as front to center as it used to be, so maybe this is like a, not a send-off, but more of a, like, a nod of appreciation, almost. Um... It I could guess, be like an Ash Hat Pikachu. That would be cool. Which is available in the game. I don't know if you've seen my um, Scarlet and Violet game uh, where, where I modded it. I don't know I if did, you've yes. seen that. So Pikachu with the hats are in the game. So it's in the game data. Um, so maybe, maybe. I guess we shall see. Um, I'd be well up for seeing how Ash Hat Pikachu works with a Tarassal hat on it. Oh, yeah. Good point. Hats on hats. Hats on hats. But hat, yeah, no, I'd, I'd love to see, like, Ash's most recent hat in there, because obviously we didn't have that in Gen 7. And no. it, we, it could be called, like, Champion Pikachu or whatever. 
Yeah, when did yeah when we we did get Pikachu of Hats and in, in Sword and Shield, didn't we? Yes. I vaguely remember importing the codes for them. So they so they are a recent thing, but yeah, more I I quite like the Pikachu of Hats. I don't know if that's sad. Um, I I it frustrates me to no end that Pokemon Go has so many variants of Pikachu now. Like where it's floating in a ring of balloons and it's got a Mimikyu outfit and I can't get them in the mainline games. Frustrates me to no end. So the more Pikachus that we can have with funny hats, I'm all on board with that. Let's move on to the next piece of news then. Uh, Pokemon Day updates. We've got a presentation confirmed for the 27th between 20 and 25 minutes long. Uh, That's about it, right? I mean, yeah, so there are... Different sources are saying different things. I've read somewhere that it's 20 minutes long, and I've read somewhere that it's 25 minutes long. Um, We're not sure which one. Either way, that's one of the longest presentations we've had, which means there's going to be some big announcements coming. No doubt. I agree. Yeah, surely. Like, a presentation of, of that length lends itself to we have a lot to get through. And a lot to discuss. And I still am holding on to the fact that this is linked with the patch announcement for Scarlet and Violet recently being released of, well, before we can say, oh, look at all this exciting, all these exciting new features or things or DLC that's coming for Scarlet and Violet, we need to take a moment to go, a patch that fixes some of the issues is now live. Like they, yeah. they they just go into hand in hand, and we've touched on that in a previous episode. Um, I but think we have had updates to the patch notes now. We have, and have you have you read them fully? Uh, yes, yes, I have. So, is this what you expected? No, um, the additional functionality for the boxes and things like that was not something I was expecting them to add. Although I'm grateful for it. So because is so it's 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 a simple fix to a very like it's a minor problem but one that's there nonetheless. So is, is are you talking about the one where you can't select multiple pokemon and move them all at once in the boxes? Yeah. Yeah. So did you know that was an issue because I found out when I was completing the Pokédex and I'd like to have, you know, boxes 1 to 20 filled with in Pokédex order and to then discover that I couldn't do it just it blew me away honestly because I thought it was such a obvious feature that should be in the game. So I don't even know if they're changing that yet from what I'm reading here. I'm not sure if that's going to be one of the additions they make. For me it was more the fact of so I was changing out the terror types and held items and move set of a bunch of pokemon for a recent video and it really wound me up that I couldn't do that from within the boxes so -hmm. like you can go across the summary but it doesn't allow you to change the moves yes yes so you have to move the pokemon to your party then exit out of everything then change the moves and then move them back into the boxes so from what it seems they're going to be able to change all that that's all going to be accessible from the boxes now which like that's what it should be like it should be you go into the box you select a pokemon and you should be able to just do Every, everything you can do, you should be able to do. TMs, held items, nickname, whatever it might be, summary, EVs, whatever it is. It 
it should be doable. So it seems like that is they they have realized that with the box functionality that there are improvements that can be made and they are making them. Absolutely fantastic. Completely on board with that. Um they seem to have made at least announced several changes to the terror raid battles as well. And I was quite pleased to see that some of the frustrations I've had with the terror raid um I guess the the overlay or the kind of you know the issues with the health bar suddenly disappearing or not seeming to move when you attack the some of these bug fixes seem to address those issues which i'm quite happy with um whether or not i I am i am looking forward to trying the terror raids again once this patch is live just to see if it kind of alleviates some of the issues that i had with the terror raid system yeah i think one of the one of my worries is that a lot of these bug fixes that they've implemented seem very specific oh yes um rather than just being like hey we know that the health goes all the way down and then the pokemon can still attack you and then that attack can take 30 seconds to go off and then you can lose which is things that have happened to me before so we'll have to wait to see how effective these fixes actually are overall but uh, same as you, I'm I'm waiting until these are all implemented, and then they will try terror raids again, and hopefully have more fun with them because they yeah. are just broken at the moment. I'm sorry, whether yeah. you enjoy them or not, they are broken at the moment. Yeah, I I I stand by that. There is an element of joy you can have from them, but I do agree that functionality wise, they don't function as well as they did in Generation Eight, unfortunately. Um. We've also had uh, a couple of changes to the battle, um, the bugs that we've had. One of the ones that I noticed was, um, because I actually sat down and read them all, because I was really just curious whether or not it was just bug fixes or we were getting, you know, they were going to maybe fix some of the issues with the overworld. But one of the things that I'd noticed, because I've done some double battles recently, is... um, that if you knock out one of your opponent's Pokemon that was weak to Fairy, for example, uh, and your Pokemon have Fairy-type moves, it will still say it's super effective, even though the Pokemon that was weak to Fairy is no longer on the field. So that was a bit... threw me a little bit when I was doing double battles, and you've got a time limit, and you go, oh, this is easy, I've got a super effective move. But it's playing with your head, because you're thinking, but I know that's not weak to it, so why is it telling me it's super effective? So that's apparently been uh, resolved. Apparently, Zoroark's terrestrialization, when it's disguised as another Pokemon via its illusion ability, had some issues as well. That's going to be fixed. Actually, you know what? Three of the three of the bug fixes are around Zoroark, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, two. Sorry. Two. So, so Zoroark obviously has some issues because probably because of its illusion ability. Um, so there's been some changes to the stats of Dondozo with a Tatsugiri and its mouth when it uses Order Up. I haven't come across that myself. Um, and this was a, this is a fun one. If a Pokemon terrestrializes, terrestrializes after using Destiny Bond and then fates, the effects of Destiny Bond will fail to activate. That's a pretty big bug. Like that's, a- that's a whole thing, considering as well that um, Wolfie just won an uh, entire championship off the back of Destiny Bond. Like, that's oh, something wow. that's very dangerous. I yeah. agree, because that could have... Like, could you imagine you go into, you've you've built this team, you've set it up, you go into a tournament, you terrestrialize, you destiny bond, and then it doesn't trigger? Yeah. Like, 
it throws the competition through a bit of a a loop because they're like, oh, okay, well, what do we do? Do we do we ha- get them to redo the match? But then you're aware of what your opponent's trying. Like, yeah, like same with the Zorak as well. I guess is the I'm amazed that some of these features around specific Pokemon, especially how they are used in battles, hasn't is is taken this long. But is it taking this long because no one's th- like who would think to de- to try and use Destiny Bond when you terrestrialize? Because that kind of implies that well, you're expecting your Pokemon to die, so why would you waste your terrestrialization? Like, so I, I can I can understand maybe why it's taken so long for these issues to be or these bugs to be recognized. Um, but at least they are fixing these these little quirky ones. Um, and then the big one, which is, and I'll read this verbatim. Go for we it. will address an issue that can cause the game to forcibly close at certain locations. As a result of this fix, there may be a reduction of Pokemon and people displayed in certain towns or in the wild. Now, this is a mind. huge one. Yes. This is a huge one because like, the, the fact that the game closes on you and just breaks. It, it, that was one of the things where I played through it and went, that's unacceptable. Did that happen to you? Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah, do, do you it's, remember it's where? happened to me? It's happened to me a couple of times. Oh wow. Um, as as far as I've always been aware, it's just at random. I think it happens okay. more when you're in the union circle, which is really annoying. Yeah. Because of course, then you get thrown out of it, and you're going to restart it again. But the fact that they're having to reduce the amount of Pokemon and people to fix that issue, there's already not that many. <laughs> I agree. About yeah, no, as no, it is you're right. Yeah, you're you're absolutely right. It, it's funny actually because, um, like, like that, that. Sorry, I'm coming back to this, but like the mods that I installed on Scarlet and Violet, one of the mods was just like increasing the amount of Pokemon, and mine is one of the I think the first generation switches, so one of the really old ones, uh, which is what I used to mod it, and it seemed to be working fine. So I don't think it's a hardware issue. I think it must be somewhere in the code that it's almost maybe overloads the system or it tries to pull things in that it shouldn't and the only way that it can resolve it is to just shut down the game but regardless like it's a bit unacceptable like it is unacceptable like yeah. i know that uh, like open world games tend to be the most buggiest of games but like i can i can accept bugs that are oh that's that's funny that is that that you know that shouldn't be happening, but it's fun to look at. Let's hope it doesn't happen again. But your game forcibly closing—it's never a nice experience. Yeah, that's that's the big one. I mean, there's other stuff like passerbys being removed in story battles, and so I've experienced that. Have you? Have you? What just randomers walking? By. Yeah, yeah. So my the, the where it happens the most, where I've managed to replicate it, is the um. Spoilers. Uh, for the Larry's gym, where you got to go and uh, get all the ingredients. No. no? So, um, against Clavel at the end of the... Just before you fight Penny, and you're outside the... Um, the um, you're in Mesagos, yeah. you're outside the school, and then there's... Every time I've had that battle, there's always a character that just wanders through the fight... Like, so Pokemon are throwing moves at one another. You just got this boy just like walking like a robot through the middle of this Pokemon battle. So that, that, that's what I'd imagine that fixes is we're not going to have those players wandering through. Um, 
what else is on here? There was another one uh, that I saw. Oh, there we go. Objects such as Pokeballs may be displayed in certain locations of the field unintentionally. This will be fixed. That's in um, all the cutscenes. Have you it's, it, it, yes. have you played Spot the Pokeball in all the cutscenes? I haven't played Spot the Pokeball, but I don't know. That almost feels like a drinking game that would get you drunk very quickly. It is. It's, it's for me. It's most notable when you do the um, Arvin's quests. Yes, because whenever he's making a sandwich, there's just a random floating. We're always in the cave. Somewhere. Yeah, yeah. I I've had him in the caves. I've had them in terror raids in the center. I've had it when you go down into Area Zero and you go into the buildings. Um, bizarrely, though, I've al- I've also had it where the Pokeball was replaced by a low kick. So whenever oh. you went, in- yeah. So when I went into um, the as you go down into the um, into the buildings to to unlock the um, I can't remember. I'm drawing a blank. When you go down into the, into the the the, the crater. And you go uh-huh. to the buildings, and I think all four of the buildings, there was just a random low kick stood in the middle. It wasn't doing anything. It didn't move. It just stood there. Wow. Okay. It's, yeah, that's weird. It's just, it's just, but and don't get it wrong, funny the first time it happened, but when it happens three or four times, you're suddenly thinking, oh, okay, something is seriously busted in this game's code to just be pulling through these these random Pokemon. So uh, the the excuse I heard for it was that they use like the Pokeball as a center mark when yeah. designing the area. That makes sense. And then just forgot to delete it or something. But the I fact d- that you had a low kicks makes that yes. less likely. <laughs> yeah, I, I I I I and I've had it in terror raids as well. I've had it where the four Pokemon appear, you're battling the Pokemon at the back, the Pokemon at the back doesn't appear, and then while that Pokemon seems to be loading in, another Pokemon appears in front of it. I, I've been in a fight where there was... I can't remember who it was, but there was a flying Pokemon that appeared in front of the Pokemon I was battling. You couldn't target it. You couldn't... It wasn't affected by any of the moves. It was just there, flying ominously for no apparent reason. <laughs> <laughs> there are so many weird, quirky bugs in this game, which, to be fair, I kind of love it in one one respect. But at the same time... Sort your mess out. Um, and then we've got, like, the, the, there's a full list. I think what I'll do is I'll actually list this in the... I'll put a link to this in the description as well. So if people want a proper look at this and break it down, you can get it. Um, there is one last one. Other select bugs... No, other select bug fixes will be implemented, which it's a, it's a bit strange that they have listed, what, about 20 bullet points on mm-hmm. yeah. They have this coverall one as well. Do you think that is just them? Like, there is a number of bug fixes that maybe people haven't found or aren't that big of a deal and they're not going to spend time writing them out. But it seems weird that they make that decision when they have taken, obviously taken the time to actually, like, actually write out a full list of all the things they're hoping to cover. Yeah, I think it's just a catch-all. It'll be one of those things where it's like, in order to fix this thing we were actually aiming for, this other little thing that you probably didn't notice will get fixed. True, true. So to go back to, I think, the, the, the original question, were you expecting more from this patch? Uh, couldn't say. Again, until I actually... Because for me, it's less to do with any specific bug and more to do with how the game feels. 
Yeah. The fact that this doesn't ever say in it, Pokemon and people won't look absolutely jank in the background. Yeah. Is sad to me. I'd love to see that fixed. Yeah. Um, like, I, I, I honestly thought when the show notes went, 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 sorry, when the patch notes were released, I opened it up ex- expecting, but hoping is probably the better word, that the first one would be addressed stabilization and frame rate issues. I honestly thought that would be, you know, up there, and number one. Yeah, yeah. And the moment it wasn't there in the first couple of bullet points, I just thought it's not in here. It's not in here because you would load that front and center because that is typically from the the conversations I've seen online. That is the number one sticking point that a lot of people have in common with this game. Might not ruin the game for some people, but you can't you can't say that it isn't a. It makes it feel unpolished. Yes, yes. So the fact that it's not here. Makes me think we're not gonna that's get never game fixed. It's never gonna get fixed. This is this is the game as it was released, and the frame rate issues and the jagginess and the robot like actions are here to stay. Which is a big shame. It it is, unfortunately. Uh but to be fair, I uh, you know, Sword and Shield got a couple of patches throughout its lifetime, so who knows? Um still no release date though. All we know is it launches late February, which isn't that far away to be quite honest with you because it's a shorter month so this probably is the by... last this is the last week of february now you know i was off day of release we got four days left yeah so we, so to be fair this might go live and it's already out yeah it, very possibly very possibly but um, i'm still under the impression it'll go live pokemon day i agree yeah it's it, surely it's got to i mean it's a it's a short i actually I'm I'm trying to think about this. Is it a small patch? It's 500 megabytes, which I believe is half a gigabyte, right? That, Correct. That, that's that's right. And the game is what about 14 gigabytes? So, Something like that. So actually, when when I read it, I thought, oh, 500 megabytes. That's not a lot. Actually, it's quite a sizable chunk of the game data. Um, especially if we're going to get more. So, but who knows? So I, were the last two patch updates. A weird. Were the same size and didn't okay. do much. Which is strange then, isn't it? That, hmm. Well, I am looking forward to seeing how the game handles after the patch. I, I'm not holding my breath, but looking forward to it. Um, should we jump into Pokemon Go controversies? Because we love oh, a good controversy. Yeah, it's been tasty this week. <laughs> it really has. So I'm just going, I, I think what, I, what I'm going to do is I'm just going to jump into the history of this just to fill people in on the backstory and then what happened. As a result of it, yeah? Mm-hmm. So, uh, recently, Pokemon Go held a two-day event in Las Vegas. People could sign up for a ticket for $30 for one day, and you could get add-ons for it. So $25 for an extra day add-on, uh, allowing them to play for both of the days. And then you could also get additional, um, I think, raid passes or enthusiastic add-ons for $15. So overall, this is suddenly about $80. Quite expensive. Um, the two day, the two days uh, of February I, Hang on, gone, check, the, check gone, that. So run that maths by me again. 30 plus 25 plus 15. So 30, no, no, no. 40, 50, 60, why are you 70. adding 20? Why are you adding 25? So thirty dollars for the so the cost of a ticket was thirty dollars for one day. Uh huh. You could then add a second day for twenty five dollars, so that brings it to fifty five. 
Oh, okay. And then you could then you could add add-ons for both days, which uh, what I've got here is Raid Lover and Enthusiast add-ons, which were, oh, £15 each. Sorry. So suddenly that's 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, 85 in total if you went for the $85 if you went for the whole package. Okay, sorry. I had to double check that because I could not believe how expensive that actually was. But you're right. There genuinely was the cost of $30 for one day, $25 for an extra day, and then two $15 add-ons that you could buy. That's kind of insane. And wasn't even the most controversial thing that happened that weekend. It, no, it wasn't. So um, just to break down, I guess, what this got you, because surely for that amount of money, you must be getting something good. So ticket holders, so these are the people that had purchased the, at least one of those tickets, had the chance to meet, uh, and I'm quoting here from Pokemon Go, notable trainers. Um, there was about five or six notable trainers. The only one I recognized was Glitch City. Uh, she does a lot of Pokemon uh, music remixes. Absolutely fantastic. You should check them out. Um, in terms of what else you could get as a, a ticket holder exclusive, uh, up to six special trades can be made within the park. 50% Stardust costs for trade made within the park. Increased chance of encountering shiny Pokemon. Half hatch di- distance. Up to nine additional free raid passes from spinning photo discs at gyms, and incense will give uh, a boosted chance of encountering costumed Pokemon and unknown. Now, the event was already a sellout. I, I had to dig to find this, but 50,000 people signed up. So if you wanted Oof. to do the math, do the math. They made a shed load of money from this. However, the controversy comes from at least 17,000 thousand fans with no paid tickets appeared on the first day this led to network connectivity problems uh, including disconnecting from raids unable to spin poker stops or even log in and play niantic has uh i put this down to overcrowding and you know what what did what did niantic do well they went on on Twitter, basically to say, and I'm going to quote this, we ask that trainers who do not have a ticket for Pokemon Go Tour Ho in Las Vegas refrain from joining us at the park tomorrow to ensure a smooth event for Sunday ticket holders and trainers who have the Sunday extra day add-on. So that came out on February the 19th, which uh, was February 19th from my time. Time zones are weird, but it was after the Saturday. So this was after all the issues that I've already mentioned on the Saturday. And it only gets worse from here. Um, You could link to their blog to find out a bit more information about their apologies. Uh, They apologize for the gameplay issues impacting Pokemon Go um, uh, over over that weekend. And as a result of this, they did a couple of things. They extended the event both days, so giving people three extra hours uh, on on those days to play. Um, They also made available a bundle in the in-game shop and no extra cost. So the bundle will contain, well, contains three premium raid passes and three remote raid passes. I did a quick check of this. It costs 600 coins, which comes to around in, in our currency over in the UK, Five to six pounds. It's hard to give an exact figure because the nearest option is 550 poker coins at £4.99. So, needless to say, a bit of a mess, right? Yeah, so not only have they charged people through the nose to play Pokemon Go, they have then also turned around and said, oh, we know it's not working, so we're going to give you some really weak uh, rewards as an apology. 
but also we're going to blame the fact that it's not working because a bunch of peasants showed up to a public <laughs> park where they should not have been. How dare you? I I especially request that you do not come to this public location to hang around with your friends. Don't do it. You're not invited. Unless you pay me lots and lots of money. It's just not a good look. <laughs> it's it's not. It, it's, it is a bad reflection on the company, and it really just shows that Niantic really really doesn't understand its audience i think or its players like i i am the fact sorry i i'm getting really frustrated here because i see so i play so many mobile games that are predatory in nature and the thing that annoys me the most is when people go well it's free to play well yeah, because there is somebody somewhere that is is uh, they're called whales, where they are shelling out so much money, and it things it annoys me that there are people out there that are spending you know thirty to eighty odd dollars on this event, which you know what, it's your money. Do whatever you want. Absolutely on board with you spending the money in the way you want. What I don't like is the fact that Niantic has the absolute the the audacity to charge so much money and then when it goes wrong to blame its players its its fan base and then to not even give a really good apology they haven't even really given an apology really they've just blamed a subset of the fans and then instead of going this was the issue we're sorry you couldn't play if you want a refund we'll give you a refund you know prove that you were there on the date whatever it might be but no instead they just come out and go well here's a here's a few extra raid passes which cost you know pittance compared to the the amount for the um for the actual tickets like i i love pokemon go i love playing pokemon go but i have yet to spend money outside of the initial launch where i did did buy some coins because i thought i'm really enjoying this and i do want to support uh you know this company because i did want pokemon go to stick around i wasn't sure if it was going to be a fad so a little bit of extra cash would help it but i'm not paying 30 you know 30 odd dollars on top of plane hotel accommodation passport whatever it might be to like get involved in something where you just get a couple of digital assets that you can't really do much with like am i overreacting here no i don't <laughs> think so now as we say there are people who this would have been you know it's a good day out you get to play pokemon go Maybe you get to catch a bunch of Pokemon that you wouldn't otherwise have access to. And there's a whole community around Pokemon Go Tour and stuff like that. So I can understand people wanting to go. I think the price is too high, especially once once you start breaking down all the add-ons and stuff. It's like, no, that should probably be included, guys. Let's, you're just trying to yeah. milk the audience here. My, my issue comes with like the way they responded to it. Oh, I have yeah. always had issues with... like. I I come from a poor background, okay? I hate people looking down on me for not having money. So the idea of somebody turning around and going, "Don't come to a public space, you're not invited." Mm, I I I I will overreact to that every single time. Yeah. What's worse? I, I, what's worse? This isn't even the only controversy Niantic <laughs> have had in one week. It's been a week, guys. We do this podcast every week. How have you upset so many people? It's strange as well because, like, when we when we envisioned this podcast and we were planning it out, we 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 kind of spoke about what we wanted to discuss, and we kind of didn't really want to touch on the mobile aspects of Pokemon because 
it's a rabbit hole. There are so many Pokemon apps and games and whatnot. Like, if you go down the rabbit hole, you're going to have too much to discuss and you're not going to have your niche. And yet, we've almost cycled back to Pokemon Go, not as a result of, we love it, it's a great game, but, like, okay, are they, if they kind of peaked and as a result of peaking and wanting infinite growth and bringing in as much money as they can, that unfortunately they are just breaking aspects of the game that they originally envisioned. So for example, the whole point of Pokemon Go was like, get out about, get out about, join the community, join your friends, like get together. And yet, you know, several years on, it's like, well, no, you can't get, no, they've not paid. You can't hang out with them. You can't bring your friends to this event because they've not paid and it'll cause issues for those that have paid. And like, let's be honest with you, they don't like, they don't love the players that have paid because they they yeah, love the they, the they love them that, because they've paid. Paid, no other yeah, reason. exactly. Yeah, that butchered the way I was trying to. Say, yeah, yeah. They just they just love the people that have paid, and I'm not surprised. Like fifty thousand people, let's say, you know, most of even them the absolute $30. minimum. Yeah, even the absolute minimum. That's one hundred and fifty grand. Yeah, and you're Which telling me not. No, and you're telling me with the, with that amount of money that they've bought in for the event, and this isn't the first event they've done. They've done big events before with thousands of people. Like they've got the money to put the the network mobile infrastructure in place via hotspots or whatever. I don't know. I'm not a technical person, but they've got the money to resolve that issue. And guess what? Maybe if you if you think oh there's too many people coming, maybe don't maybe don't sell so many tickets. You know, it's just like this is ultimately greed. And instead of just acknowledging and going, yeah, we we got this wrong. We're sorry. This is our response to it. We're going to learn from it. And they do, in fact, learn from it. They've just decided, let's just let's just blame the fans. Yeah. Here you go. Well, you say 50,000 people went. It said so. I've got that 50,000 paid players signed up. So even if. Wait, is that right? To that can't be right. Hundred and fifty thousand. No, no, because it's more no, than no, that. one and a half million. One and a half million. If everybody just paid for no. one day. <laughs> now, 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 you consider that that's unlikely to be the case. But even if you break it down to just like if everybody bought uh one day and one add-on, so one of the fifteen dollar add-ons, I think that's quite a conservative estimate. Yeah, two and a quarter million. <laughs> from a weekend that's the profit of pokemon go wow and they have the goal to insult the audience and say it's their fault it didn't work anyway shall we talk about the other controversy yeah let's talk about the other controversy and why you're probably I, gonna quit playing pokemon go very soon i i yeah but let, yeah let's not go on but bring this in bring us home come on So, remote raids are very likely going to change very soon, by which I mean the remote raid passes are likely soon to be limited per day. We don't know what the limit's going to be, but there was an update that came through very recently that stated that uh, underneath the remote raid pass, it said, you can use a remote raid pass to access raids remotely X times per day. Now... That wording has since disappeared. However, 
Much as the discussion was around Netflix when they accidentally, <laughs> quote unquote, updated their terms of service to say like, oh, you got to do all the Wi-Fi checking and stuff like that. We know full well. It's not like somebody accidentally wrote this and accidentally put it out. That doesn't happen. All it means is they accidentally put it out too soon. They actually they accidentally made the code that shouldn't be live yet live, live. and then realized it was live and then took it down. Like that isn't them going, oh, th- this this isn't like some bug like in, in like we were discussing in Scarlet and Violet where a combination of data muddles something up and you get an unexpected outcome. Like this is literally text. It's literally just text under the remote raid pass title. Someone has written that and it's even got like what makes me think this is real is because um because I do a lot of um web design. Sometimes you put numbers and things inside of brackets and it'll, mm-hmm. or, or names or whatever the, the short code might be. And the system is smart enough to know, oh, that means I need to fetch that, that information from somewhere. So it'll be on the Pokemon Go server somewhere. It'll be like, okay, the maximum number of raids person can access per day is three or whatever they decide to increase it to. And then it will update to the Pokemon Go apps when you're looking at it. You know, so it's usually three, but oh, it's community day. So actually it's now five. So the fact that they've pushed this out live and then bought it back, this this change is coming. Yeah. Which is kind of ridiculous because I get it. COVID is not over yet, whether we like it or not. But the big like lockdowns and things like that have ended in most regions but this saved their entire game for two well, years it's literally on um it's on twitter under joe merrick and he makes yeah. he, he makes such a good point that re- remote raids literally save the game during 2020 and 2021 when you when you couldn't go out the house or to be honest with you when you went out of the house for a walk and you, there's there's a Pokemon gym and a raid there. I don't want to stand next to people like that could potentially have COVID. Like I want to keep my distance. The remote raid pass is, in my opinion, one of the best best additions we have had to Pokemon Go since live. Mainly because, as someone that lives in a rural rural area, like I haven't got, I can't go to a, the nearest big city and see twenty Pokemon gyms and know I just need to wander to any one of them. And I will be able to jump into a raid. The remote raid passes have been amazing. When I just get an invite off somebody, it's like, oh, they're playing this three miles away, but I don't need to go there. I can mm. literally just jump into it. And I know that's part of the, the you know, well, what I was going to say, the point I was going to make is it's like Nantic has, has always been very adamant that the whole point of Pokemon Go is you get out and about. You You use it. And you go out, you explore, you catch Pokemon, you go to towns, you go to fields, you go to, you know, parks, whatever you might, you might want to do. But unfortunately, this, this change doesn't feel like that's the reason they've made it. It feels very much like, okay, well, if you, if you can only join five remote raid passes, but the premium battle passes, they're still unlimited. So why don't you buy more of them? That's what this feels like. And the worst thing for me, and maybe this is my own like personal biases coming into here, but it feels very um, 
all right, how do I say this? So there are a bunch of people who I like know personally who don't have the energy to leave the house, okay? They just don't uh, for health reasons and all that kind of stuff. Who didn't play Pokemon Go when it came out? They didn't play Pokemon Go for many years. As soon as COVID hit, as soon as the remote raid passes came in, oh, I might give Pokemon Go a shot now because it's actually accessible to me. I don't have to go wandering around. I don't have to walk through the streets. I can play it from home. What a wonderful position I'm in suddenly that I can play this game. Niantic doesn't care about those people. That's what they're telling me with this. Yeah. And that's maybe nobody's looked at it that way. Maybe nobody's thinking about it that way, which is very often the case. Very few times do the disabled and, uh, and less, less abled of our society be thought of when stuff is made, but it really winds me up. Yeah, I'm just funnily enough. I'm just googling where the Nantic head offices are um, because oh, okay, there we go, San Francisco. Uh, I I have played in San Francisco um, at Pokemon Go a long time ago, and that is kind of what I was referencing earlier. Where when I was playing there, you could go to any Pokemon gym, and when there was a raid on, you you would get into that raid, and you would have enough people. You didn't need to, you know, go on to facebook or reddit or whatever your social media platform is to try and hook up with other players to to get enough people to take on a rural raid so this to me is just another example of nantic just being so far removed from reality and making terrible decisions as a result of it it's it's the issue we see with a lot of silicon valley companies where they're yeah. just like, oh, well, this is what all of my friends are talking about. It's like, yes, because you're in a bubble where you all well, talk. Yes. And you live in your own what, head. What was what was that recent games console? That It wasn't even a games console. It was a streaming, a, a game streaming device. Was it a Google one? Oh, um, uh, what? The um, Stadia. Yeah, Stadia, which in, in principle, yeah, like a, a console that you just stream the video games with. Absolutely great what one of the failings of that was that you know a lot of countries don't have the the internet infrastructure to support good streaming services like yeah. i have tried i've tried um um what whatever the playstation equivalent is where you can stream games and the great thing about the the uh, the console is b- before you can purchase it you have to do a test to make sure that oh okay can you like, is your internet good enough? And I did that, and it was just flat. No, it's it's just not good enough. You're not going to be able to stream it. My brother, who has really good internet, like way better than me, went around here, saw it in action, and you know what? Sometimes it played absolutely fluidly. You couldn't tell. But then sometimes it was so just choppy and mm-hmm. laggy. Well, and don't so worry. Stadia is dead now anyway. Good. Like I want to see some of these <laughs> these companies fail. To be honest with you, teach them a lesson. Like think about the people that you know don't have the best internet or don't live in the big cities because they still n- need a way to get involved and to play your games and they want to play your games. But the more the more blocks you put in place, the more easier it is for them to just go. You know what? I had my fun. I had my time. I'm out. Well, yeah, it was like um again I talked about the Netflix thing earlier about the idea of, oh, you're going to have to check in with your Wi-Fi uh, or your home Wi-Fi once a month just to make sure you're not sharing passwords. And somebody brought up to me, it's like, you know, like a lot of countries don't use Wi-Fi. They're all on cellular. Yeah. They they all use mobile data because it's quicker and better infrastructured 
So how the hell is that going to work? And it is, and it's just companies like, oh, well, this is how me and all my friends think. So that must be it for the world. Anyway. Sort your life out. That's that's where we're at on this one. Let's... um, Let's move on to something that I I have a lot, I think, of positive things to say about is some recent anime news. Yeah. Um, so we've got more information about the latest Pokemon anime, which apparently in Japan in the moment is simply called Pocket Monster. Which is cool. That's a, that's, which, that's pretty cool. I like, I like the fact that, you know, taking it back to basics because it's two new protagonists. I um, will say... <laughs> It follows the same lining. Uh, sorry, it follows the same line of thinking as a lot of games do, where after a while they're just like, "Oh no, this is just Doom." Yeah, God Which of War is good. One. Original Doom or a new Doom? Yeah, God of War. They did it. Yeah, Prey. Yeah. They did it. There's a whole bunch of, and I and I don't I don't like it in that. So I'm I, but on principle, I don't like it here. <laughs> I get that, but I so I get from a perspective of if I've played the entire series, I don't like it. But God of War is the is the example I'm using because I never really played the original God of Wars. But when they bought it out for the PS4 and it was just called God of War, I was like, ah, that signals to me I can jump in here and I won't be punished for not playing the other games. And that's very much how I felt, which is how I'm thinking this is probably going to work where there may be nods and you as, a, you as an audience that have maybe watched all the anime might pick up on little easter eggs or might be rewarded for noticing things but for those that are coming in fresh they won't be lost they won't be you know um yeah they just won't be lost and and trying to figure out well who's this person what's their backstory what have i missed um it is a, a fresh start which i am leaning more towards i am really looking forward to this series to be honest with you which starts from april of this year in japan like that's not that's not far away no not at all like, i uh, so, I, well, I don't even know if we're gonna finish our our watch through by then i don't think we will you know i i think it, let, let's say oh uh run from april do, do we know when so let's say start of april so we've got what you four say weeks april in 17th? march oh, i didn't say a date so oh. it's just that i've just got april uh, 2023 on Cerebi. So I don't know if a date has been announced. If it is, I haven't got it. Okay. But let's say four weeks in March plus, yeah, four weeks in March times three episodes. That's only 12 episodes on top of the six that, that six that we've already watched. So we're only halfway through. Yeah. So no, we won't, we won't be able to watch that unless we, yeah, unless we watch it at the same time as watching Journeys. Oof. Don't know about that one. No, neither do I. I kind of want to finish journeys to to wrap it up. We'll um, catch up, guys. Don't worry about it. Oh, we will. I will be we'll be watching this new anime like in the next year, and then we'll we'll probably only go to one episode a week discussing it. Um, but so we've had m- more information revealed about the two trainers, right? In particular, the mysterious items they are carrying. Yeah, this is the interesting one for me because. We all come across Rico. I'm going to keep calling her Rico. I know that Serebi has got her down as Lico, but as I've said before, R and L are completely replaceable in Japanese um, because they just don't have an L. Um, so, and those probably won't be their English names anyway. We've seen her necklace before. People have theorized that it's a Thunderstone, which it's not. 
it's not a Thunderstone. I can guarantee that. People thought it was Ash's Thunderstone from Pikachu. It was all tied into the whole Ash's daughter thing. But Ash actually threw away that Thunderstone. So it's definitely not that. It looks like a Terra Crystal mm-hmm. to me. Like one of the Terra Crystals that are inside the Terra Orb. Okay. Or one of the ones that you find on the hats. It's It's got the same shape. It's got the same markings and stuff like that. However, it's got the little three points at the bottom. Yeah. Which makes it stand out. And that is then added to even more when you look at the logo. Now, you know this yes. about the Pokemon games as well. They like to use the logo to show off like the gimmicks and stuff like that. So in the logo of this, we've got a Pokeball and we've got those three points sticking off either side. What does that mean? I don't know. Maybe she's got some form of terrestrialization like Ash had with Mega Evolution. So what Ash Greninja was to Mega Evolution, maybe Rico's going to have to terrestrialization. I don't know mm-hmm. what that means beyond that statement, but that's where I'm at. Okay. Roy has got a Pokeball. Um, what is described as an old-fashioned, mysterious Pokeball. He's also from the Kanto region. I don't know if those two facts are linked or not, but this Pokeball design, I absolutely love the Pokeball design. And my thoughts, because they are both protagonists and they are both going to go through this story together, I can't help but feel like, and this is just me going off what the information I can see right in front of me, and I'm sure there is somebody out there that will have information to to prove me wrong. If so, let me know. But I can't help but feel that these two artifacts that these two characters have are in fact like related, two, related and two halves of solving the mystery or the issue at the end of and as the i game. say you look you, you look at that logo and it's a pokeball with those yes. spikes on either end so yes the spikes it, come from her the pokeball comes from him yeah. it's even got little red and blue dots on it the same as like the pokeball and the logo is red and blue yeah yeah, it, yeah. It, it honestly what does it, it honest, all mean <laughs> so it honestly wouldn't surprise me if because what what we know with the pokemon anime is they like to take the stories from the games and they change elements of it like, yes. they typically keep the theme there, but change elements of it. I can't help but feel that, you know, at the end of the Scarlet and Violet, that, okay, uh, like, the AI Toro, or um, oh, I can't remember, the uh, who, who's the who's the female professor? Sada. Sada. Um, like, oh, you can't use your Pokeballs because they are ID-locked. Well, guess what? You have a Pokeball that belongs to the original Toro, you can use it. I can't help but feel there is going to be a similar circumstance of, ah, 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 you can't terrestrialize here because of a, you know, plot element. Oh, these two characters just happen to have the two items that will allow their Pokemon to terrestrialize and solve the problem, the issue, whatever it might be. That That's my take on this. And I yeah. can't wait to see if I'm right or wrong. I, I'm looking forward to this one because, you know, a, the Pokeball looks steampunk, which oh, yes. I love me, some steampunk aesthetic. But it's also, it's been a long while since we've had a Pokeball as a MacGuffin in the series. I think the last one was the GS Ball, and that went nowhere. Right. That literally got handed off to Kurt, and it was like, okay, I'll have a look at it, bye. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> and that was, yeah, because it was supposed to be Celebi's Ball, and then <sighs> they kind of decided Celebi was going to be in the fourth movie instead, so never did anything with it. Okay. So, I, yeah, looking forward to this, seeing what they I do am. with them. 
I really am looking forward to seeing where the where this series goes. Uh, mainly because what I what I think I like about the potential for this is that we get to see two young protagonists like grow and develop and they could lose at any point whereas mm. ash in the last couple of series that what the in journeys has felt very much like oh he's gonna win 90 percent of the battles that he he fights and don't get me wrong there's still a good story in that and i enjoy it but you can almost tell the fight that he's not going to lose whereas these two new characters like it's completely fresh from the start i'm 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 just really looking forward to seeing Paldea in the anime as well. Like, yeah, it, it would be a shame if they don't stick there for very long. But yeah, I which I know because it it sounds like they're going to be doing a lot of the touring of the world again, which like was great for Ash. It worked. I don't want that for these two. I want Paldea to be fleshed out in a way that makes me think other oh, games should have had that. Yeah. Should yeah, we move I on agree. to the next segment, which is the anime? The anime, funnily enough, so Pokemon Ultimate Journey's weekly episode discussion. Uh, this week, we are starting with episode four, Suffering the Flings and Arrows. Um, Connie, you're right. Right, you, as always, is a feeder. It is a feeder. Uh, tell you what, this, this show, actually, this episode made me very confused right off the bat. Oh, go on. Where did, where did go get that Lilligan? Yes, so this was going to be because the, the, the comments I've got is just how many Pokemon has Go caught. And the Lilligant was one that I thought, wait, when did he get that? So No, I had to look it up. It is introduced oh. this episode. Oh, so it, so it isn't a blink and you miss it off screen. Nope. It is literally right. introduced in this episode. He, he caught it off screen. It is added in as the kind wow. of way to move the story forward in this episode and it's a fun enough story it is we've got a love triangle between pincer and heracross who has now been shown to have a they've been shown to have an interest in each other in the past but you know lilligant comes in um it so obviously it's pincer isn't it heracross basically falls head over heels in, in love with lilligant but i'm not sure if it's a case of he loves lilligant or it's just the the Pheromones, I want to say. Yeah, I was going to say, it's just her natural musk. <laughs> so, yeah. So, um, where this where this leads is Go caring for his, his new Pokemon decides to help out by taking a flower arranging course over at Saladon City Gym. Um, yep. Which ties in somehow to being uh, Chloe going to see a new evolution in Leafeon. Because apparently Erica has a Leafeon now. Yeah, sure. Which I mean, which is cool yeah. because like I didn't need a full Chloe episode again. They yeah. have very much become a waste of time. I, I'm sorry to say they they have been the last couple of times we've done them. So rolling this in as a well, it's kind of like uh, we're focusing on Ghost Pokemon that we already know and doing a Chloe episode and Ash gets to meet a gym leader that he's been with before. It's a nice amalgamation. It is, yeah. Yeah, if any one of those three was the whole focus of the episode, I don't think it, it had enough to carry a whole episode. But, like say, bringing all three elements together, it works. It pads out the episode, but not in a way that feels padded out. Yeah, agreed. Um, Yeah, uh, Team Rocket turn up in disguise, and I, I must admit, the me- Meowth pretending to be a standard Meowth 
and walking around <laughs> on all fours was absolutely fantastic. He's like shaking, struggling. And so I think, I think, does one of the characters like say hello and the meowth just goes, meowth? Like just yeah. trying to just be normal. Yeah. One of the sad things though is that he, bun- he bumps into Chloe later on in the episode. And it was at that point I realized I'm like, Wait, aren't you supposed to fancy this girl? Aren't yeah. you like supposed to want her to adopt you and be with you forever? Are we have we just left that in the past? Is that not a thing anymore? Have. Never happened. <laughs> oh, <laughs> just, big shame. It big is. Sad. Um Team Rocket's there, we get the typical battle, but the highlight for me is Pincer taking the brunt force of an attack Dragon Ball Z style to protect Heracross. Just like gets in the way of it. Arms spread wide, like come at me. Just absolutely fantastic. But it's okay, as this act of love makes Heracross fall in love again, according to Chloe, with Pincer. So yeah, great. <laughs> Lovely. It's <laughs> like what? Just a love story between Pokemon. Nice. It's it's a it's a cute enough little story as well. It is. It is. But the thing is though, it got me a little bit worried, like like is Heracross just Oh, Pince is the latest floozy who's just here, but the moment he goes back and Lilligan does its pheromones again, he like doesn't feel like we've addressed the underlying issue here. Yeah. That's yeah, what it felt like. I did realize that as well, of like, oh, well, no, because they, they make it an effort to be a case of like, it's not Pincer putting on all the flowers to appear more beautiful than Lilligant that wins him over. It's the fact that she stood in the way of a solar beam for him. Yeah. That's... Oh, yes. Yes, they do. Yeah, you're right. So it's it's like, no, it's, it's, it's true Pokemon love. I don't know. I think yes. Heracross is still just a player and doesn't really yeah i agree <laughs> i agree with you um episode five the good the bad the lucky and we get a bit of a cold opener with just jesse and wobbuffet struggling in the desert um the big revelation i think is the fact that team rocket are working in a factory is they have no money but like, they've never had any money but they're part of team rocket <laughs> like <But they've- laughs> But they don't do anything for Team Rocket, which has always been like half the joke of. So how you know, do they pay I, for all, everything? Because all, all through Sun and Moon, they were selling malasadas. Oh, really? Right. Okay. Yeah. And they've always had other jobs on the side because they suck. Team Rocket pays right. them a lot, but like, okay. they never provide anything. This so, makes a bit bit more sense then as to why they are included in Team Rocket, but pretty much allowed to do their own thing. And like, because they, so like Team Rocket, the the actual Team Rocket, the organization probably has a hierarchy. They probably have funding and, you know, they support one another to meet Giovanni's and Team Rocket's goals. So this Team Rocket is just kind of, well, they don't really do much harm and they pay their own way. So just, just let them do their own thing. Is that what this is? let, Let them wear the uniform. They like it. And yeah. They can stay out of our way for the most part. That's that was, I think, the revelation to me from this episode. And wouldn't you know it? Just outside the factory, the bump into Ash and Go, and um, Palipa comes down, releases the Pokemon as normal. It's slacking and slack off, and they just which, lie which there. Which they go out of their way to say are useless Pokemon. I'm like, you've never used a slacking, have you? No, <laughs> you you haven't because you'll know that slacking is not a useless Pokemon. Uh, so of course they they blast off, and we get to see the after effect of them. They insult Pelipper 
poor little Palipper who just does its one job of bringing in this, you know, Team Rocket gacha machine. And they just insult it. They attempt to pursue it, leading to, as always, just hijinks that bizarrely leads them to the inside of a whale lord's stomach, like Pinocchio. Yeah, this this one goes off the rails real quickly. <laughs> like it starts with Pelipper being all philosophical, saying, "Ah, oh, well, some people's luck is just luck, and luck is luck, and if you change your luck, you'll change your life." And it's like, what does that even mean? Yeah, <laughs> it's you didn't translate this very well. <laughs> What's what's even bizarre, more bizarre, is they end up from there to a glacier location, a snow resort where we bump into Team Rocket members Cassidy and Butch who have left, who have left the grind and worn them down. Like when when were Cassidy and Butch last in the anime? Oh God! Now you're asking. I remember them from Gen One at least. That's that's the same. I was that's what I was thinking, and like. Part of me is thinking because slowly the members of Team Rocket disband in this episode. And I was half thinking, are we getting like the beginning of a story arc with Team Rocket learning to let go ready for Ash leaving and Team Rocket's story also ends? Diamond and Pearl to answer your question. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, so it's been a long while since we saw Butch and Cassidy. Wow, it's a bit of a strange one to bring them back. But anyway, um, James loves spending time with Cassidy, so and there's a spark between them apparently. So uh, Jesse and the rest of the team leave them behind, um, and then later on, Meowth gets le- left behind after it falls in love with another Meowth at a, a, another area, um, and and just more hijinks of Swablu breaking the 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 um. The new balloon that they've got is not the Meowth balloon. They've got another one. I can't remember what it is. Is it a Wobbuffet balloon? Is it? Um, and this is where we go. We cycle back to the start of the episode with Jesse and Wobbuffet uh, in the desert. Um, and Pelipper comes back around, helps Team Rocket, and leaves. And how do they escape the desert? Pure luck. Like the whole crux of this episode, the luck. Because just at that time, Ash and Go once more run into them, and with Pikachu's help, they blast off out of the desert. Now, again, I had to check, and I'm fed up of these episodes making me check prior ones to make sure I didn't miss anything. I Because we see Ash and Go in the desert on their boards with the same Pokemon pulling them that they did when they went and did the desert run to get the Golurk. Yes. So I had to go back and check, like, is... It's it's this a bit of that episode that we missed or but, he, but he no Grookey Flygon oh Grookey right okay Grookey was on his head because he doesn't use Flygon he uses Beedrill to pull him and he's oh, using yeah, Beedrill he to pull him in this episode as well which is what made me think of it but no he's got Grookey on his head which wasn't oh, right. the case at the time okay so this is in fact yeah they just randomly like... in the desert again yeah it, it's. <laughs> So sometimes, some of the Team Rocket episodes I've really enjoyed, and there's elements I've enjoyed from this from a humor point of view. I found this at parts to be quite funny, but from a story perspective, it didn't work. See, I'm the opposite. I think, okay. I think a lot of the humor just did not translate in this episode. Oh, okay. I think oh. a lot of it, like, because they do this thing where they repeat phrases over and over and over again, 
Um, there was a lot of stuff that was supposed to be callbacks, like, huh, remember when people couldn't remember Butch's name? It's like, yeah, I do remember it. It wasn't funny then, and it's really not funny now. So, yeah, the humor did nothing for me for this episode, okay. and that really is supposed to carry it. So this does nothing for me. And, okay. I, like, I knew Team Rocket weren't going to break up. I was well no, aware Team no, Rocket yeah, were never breaking that. up. I get that. But d- do you think this is setting the uh, setting the seeds for Team Rocket no. not transitioning over? Or do you think no. they are going to transition over? Oh, I have no idea whether they're going to transition over, but I don't think this has got anything to do with how they end their series. Okay. Because... Here's the other thing that wound me up about this as well. It's like, you leave James behind, you leave Meowth behind. We've had episodes in Journeys, we've had episodes in previous series where we leave Pokemon behind, or we leave uh, allies behind. And even if it doesn't stick, it hits you, and it hurts. There was none of that. Like, they do the whole, like, oh, I'm sad, and run away. But because they're trying to do that. so much in this episode, as you say, they go from glaciers to a whale lord to the desert, and they leave two people behind. It's like, none of it has enough time to actually sit to, to have any real emotion behind it. Yeah, I, this, I, I'm not a fan of this episode. I'm sorry. That's a fair point. No, I get that. I get that. Uh, let's move on to episode six. And I haven't got the title here. I don't know if you have. It's, it's the one with Sophocles. It is. Uh, Sophocles, which um, I love the fact that we get to see him again. And he's helping out the return of a space satellite that is returning to Earth. And as part of that, they need Amphros to support due to its ability to generate light of a specific wavelength. Which um, is why it's called Lighting the Way Home. There you go. There you go. Uh, this Amphros, though, is nervous and a little bit clumsy. And during the setup for the um, for the return, it causes damage to some of the equipment, which I'm amazed that no one noticed. Um, but by transferring the signal, they're able to prevent any damage to Talonflame 2, which is the name of the space rocket. And I love the fact that they named the space rocket after a Talonflame. And it's even, like, it has some of the same colors. Absolutely love that. Um, so... Everything goes okay at the initial part, but then Amphros is struggling to light up its tail as it's in a bit of a slump, unfortunately, and runs into the nearby forest. Wasn't aware there was a forest on Moss Deep City, but ayo. Um, so it's a yeah, re- that re- thing that's on an island. That's on an island, exactly. <laughs> this this island, it's just got this massive forest. Um, now it it's revealed that Amphros doesn't actually belong to Sophocles, but his big cousin, who he refer- refers to as Big Mo, is is that the same in Sun and Moon in the event uh, in the anime? Or well, I don't think I watched all the way through to that. Bit. Oh, but okay. yeah, we're going to assume so. Okay. Um, during you know what's going on in the forest, Grookey gets lost in the woods, uh, chasing a light, and with it getting you know dark. They need to figure out, you know, how they can light up. And Go actually says, we need something stronger that gives off light for longer. Go, you literally have a fire Pokemon in a place that has near unlimited amounts of wood that <laughs> you can burn. Yeah, like that really, like it really annoyed me in this episode where it's like electricity produces light. Well, yeah, I guess, but it's more of a power source than it is an actual like natural light source for most of the Pokemon. Like Amphros makes sense because it literally can be used to light up a lighthouse because it's of its morphology. Whereas Pikachu's like and 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 um who's the other one? Pikachu and the little hedgehog guy, uh Toad Togedamaru. Togedamaru. Um like 
really annoyed. It just really annoyed me. I'm like, come on, you've got fire Pokemon, use them. Um, anyway, so um, trying to remember what else happens in in the end. So um, not the- a lot. They basically they have an Ampharos that fails to guide the satellite home because Togedemaru broke the thing because he because Ampharos stepped on it. And then it goes, oh, I'm sad now. Run off into forest. They go and find it. Grookey runs off. So Amphros needs to get out of its slump so it can find Grookey. Grookey comes back. And then they all go back and go, shall we bring the satellite down? Oh, yeah, cool, I guess. Except from the fact that the Amphros actually wasn't strong enough to bring the satellite down on its own because there's too much cloud cover. So instead of going, hey, why don't we use one of those Pokemon, you know, that have the ability to change the weather? (laughs) <laughs> or, you know, have the ability to move freaking clouds out the way? No. Let's <laughs> supercharge this Ampharos by having all of our Electro-type Pokemon attack it. <laughs> yeah, and then much. it's going to send a super-duper laser beam to space, which is powerful enough to depart the clouds, <laughs> but doesn't do any damage to the satellite. And then the satellite comes down to Earth, and once it reaches the atmosphere, it explodes into flames and looks like a talon flame on fire. And then, and 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 then a little pod comes out and it lands safely. And everybody's like, "Wow, we should achieve our dreams." And you're going to be an astronaut someday, Sophocles. Just be sure not to use that Amphoros again because it's not actually yours, and it doesn't like you very much. But you did it. Despite the fact that we definitely didn't need you because there were other kids around the world also taking part Who in this. Could do it, yeah. With other yeah. Ampharos that were doing just fine without fine. you. <laughs> so, right. So it almost feels like Sophocles was invited just because, like, his his cousin is involved in some way with the, what, whatever the building is over in Alola when you've already got people who can take part and help. And the question I've got is, why is why are all these trainers that have Ampharos kids? Like you're telling me that no, there no, isn't no, no. A co- it, it was specifically said that they brought kids in to get them interested in space. Right. Okay. I missed that. That's yeah, absolutely yeah, fine. Yeah. So so they've specifically gone. Hey, this project is so meaningless and so easy to execute that we're going to bring a bunch of kids in to help. Okay. There. It was sense. like it's it's and, that, and that's the problem I have with it is a case of like. None of this mattered. No, <laughs> there no, were other I, people so, who could have yeah. solved the problem. Yeah, it, it, it's one of those episodes where, like, you, you, if this had just been, you know, how there have been episodes where they've been those weird, quirky episodes where nothing, like the the, the slow king um, uh-huh. episode, where it's just like, what is this? Like, why couldn't this have just been a Sophocles episode? Yeah, like, like seriously, you you take go and ash out of this and you could just have a sophocles episode and it would have been absolutely fine and it would have been a bit departure of oh ash and go aren't in it but at least then it might have made a bit more sense because ash and go do not need to be here and like for for me like i did i did enjoy elements of the story of you know amphros just seeing amphros down in the dumps and them trying to resolve it and and just I always like when, you know, because poke- the Pokemon when you play the games, how do you differentiate between two two different Pokemon of the same species? And other than maybe natures or move sets or abilities, 
um, or if it's shiny. There isn't anything that really separates the two because they don't really have personality. And it's one of the great things about the anime is, you know, the Ampharos that we see here will be different than another Ampharos that we might have seen in the past or we might see in the future. So it's nice to see an Ampharos that, you know, is struggling, that is a bit clumsy, and you know, there's a charm to it, I, I guess, um, which I quite like that element of the story. Another highlight for me was also the animation of when the Talonflame 2 comes down and then bursts into flame and it looks like a Talonflame. Looks absolutely amazing. But for the rest of the episode, the animation seems really lazy in this episode. There's so many more. There's far too many still frames. Yes. Yes. I'm glad that wasn't just me. I'm watching it thinking... Like, I'm used to some of the lingering shots and minimal movements. Like, you get that in any anime because it's a way to, you know, maximize the episode length and minimize, you know, reduce the amount that you've got to spend on animation. But this episode seems to It's full actions that are done through still frames. It's implied. Yes. And there's just elements where, like, one one of the, one of, when I first noticed it is when I think Ash meets up with Sophocles inside the building and they're, one of them's talking, but I think it's the person talking off screen. So it's a still frame, but none of the characters are blinking. Right. And it re- and I just like, wait, hold on. Is, and because we're not watching this on Netflix at the moment, because we haven't got Netflix and we're having to watch it on another site, my first thought was, oh, is it frozen? Yeah. And I clicked on it like, no, it's not, it's not frozen. It's, it's, just, it's just maybe lazier animation i know that we spoke about this in the past where you know the the animators were saying that uh, oh god it's been that long now i'm trying to remember what they said but but it was something along the lines of like they're being overworked was that right or there was too much to yeah do? there's they, they haven't had the time to put as much effort in as they wanted to and that probably came out around the time of this season right yeah, I think we start seeing elements of it at the end of last season, and this season we're likely to see even more of it. Yeah. Which... I mean, it, for, for me, it stuck out. I think, like, Ampharos walks past him and slaps Ash with its tail and then slaps Go with its tail. And it, it just, just cut f- freeze frame one, freeze frame the other. And it's like, uh, yeah, okay, okay. I guess. That's what we're getting. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, uh, I like the fact that we get to see Ampharos, a different version of Ampharos, and, you know, the you know, giving it a personality. And it's always good to see, you know, characters from the past. I enjoy that. And outside of the, you know, the Talonflame 2 shot bursting into flame, just a, a, a bit disappointing, to be honest with you. Yeah. No, the last couple shame. of episodes, not great, unfortunately. No, I, I, I'm... And I know it sounds like I'm being really negative on this, but I think it's because the first couple of episodes I really enjoyed, and I'm expecting to really enjoy the, you know, the the end, last couple uh, of episodes of this yes, season. Yes, so I'm kind of like, oh, okay, is this? Are these the warning signs that you know we're going to get to the end of the season and the animation is isn't going to be as good as as it has been in some of the previous battles. I guess we'll have to wait and see. Yeah, my hope is that this is money-saving measures. Agreed. Ready for the end of the series. But it will be a real shame if we are limping towards that finish line with the rest of yes. the series. Agreed. Agreed. Connor, should we move on to the next segment where you attempt to guess the fake Pokedex entry? Oh, I guess so. I'm going to try not to second-guess myself this week. Okay, good. And I will attempt to make you second-guess. So... Pokemon number one is Pinsir. Its powerful pincers are capable of crushing rocks. 
If you encroach on its territory, beware. Entry number two. Grips its prey in its pincers and squeezes hard. It can't move if it's cold, so it lives in warm places. In the final Pokedex entry, with its horn, it digs burrows to sleep in at night. In the morning, damp soil clings to its body. Okay, I'm going to guess, and it is a guess, I'm going to guess at the second one, the reason being that the language just felt a little bit flat. Okay. So, number two is from Generation 1, which is probably why it feels a bit blah. So yeah, okay. The fake one was is the first Pokedex one. Ent- was the first one, yes. Oh, did it again! <laughs> so, the second Pokemon this week is Heracross. Entry number one. It uses its wings and not its horn and antennae to attract other Heracross. Entry number two. With with hit with its Herculean powers, it can easily throw around an object that is 100 times its own weight. And the final entry. Heracross charges in a straight line at its foe, slips beneath the foe's grasp, and then scoops up and heals the opponent with its mighty horn. This Pokemon even has enough power to topple a massive tree. Okay. Um, uh, okay, so it's between one and three. I think it's three, but I'm going to guess one. Well done, it was, in okay. fact, number one. So why did you just straight like discount number two? Have you heard that one before? I, I, it feels familiar. Okay. Uh, right. It feels familiar because it's, uh, it's a Hercules beetle, right? Yeah. That's the point yeah. of it. Yeah. It's a Hercules stag beetle. Makes sense. Um, Let- yeah, so... Yeah, and I was, I was, I, I thought three sounded odd, but it also sounded like a third gen Pokedex entry. It, it is a third gen Pokedex entry. <laughs> you got that spot on. Like the the Ruby and Sapphire really just like to cram as much yeah. information as they could in that Pokedex, which I, I'd really appreciate. The final Pokemon is Slackoff. Slackoff lolls around for over twenty hours every day because it moves so little. It does not need much food. This Pokemon's sole daily meal consists of just three leaves. Entry number two. That would be a Gen 3 entry. (laughs) Okay. Entry number two. It sleeps virtually all day and night long. It doesn't change its nest its entire life, but it sometimes travels great distances by swimming in rivers. And the final Pokedex entry. Slackoff makes its nest in large trees. No No sooner has it climbed the tree and reached its destination than it needs to leave to seek nourishment. Oh, um, huh. I'm going to completely guess here and say the first one. Okay, it was the third one. It was the third one. Okay, interesting. I thought there was enough in each of them to to make it so that you couldn't just discount one. You you had to go, oh, I've just got to go for one in three shots. Yeah, no, I had no idea with that one. They all seemed okay. very similar yeah, in, because in the, the way they were written and what they were describing good because the first one like it's it's meal consists of just three leaves i was like okay the second one about traveling great distances by swimming in rivers when it's naturally quite slow i was like okay and then the the third one about you know i just thought oh well, <laughs> it sl- makes nests and then it's like oh gotta get down now exactly yeah because of how slow it was so you got one out of three this week one oh okay okay i i'm off Rough, rough, rough. Well, we know what happens if you get zero. It's time to flip it around and you can uh, you can attempt to trick me out. Shall we move on to comments and questions? Let's do it. 
Perfect. Uh, I don't know if you've read this one. Uh, it's a nice little one, courtesy of Tony over on YouTube. So, what's the backstory behind your mascot's nickname? I think I know Ben's and Sixies, but I don't know Connor's. Oh, right. Uh, Grauru, because it's just the name that they make, it's the sound they make. Grauru. So, so yeah, it's the sound that Growlithe make as they go, Grauru. And oh, I find I that, that freaking adorable. So, yeah, so it's Grauru, and then when it evolves, it becomes Big Grauru. I like that. Oh, that's that's so cute. <laughs> so what I named my membership levels after as well. <laughs> Who is he? Oh, that's so, brilliant. So it's Grauru, Big Grauru, and Mega Grauru. Oh, I absolutely not that. We've, that. Not that we've ever had a Mega Grauru, but I'm I'm waiting. One day, one day. Um, For those that don't know, uh, so my mascot is 60s. It's the Chikorita line. I, it doesn't matter whether it's Chikorita, Bailey, or Meganium. gets called 60s. I had five Pokemon, needed a sixth one, went to Mount Moon. My encounter was, I believe, a Bailey. So I just called it 60s because it was the sixth member of the team. And since then, they just sticks. And whenever I seem to play a series, I tend to get one of the Meganium line for whatever reason. I, I, and I, I just... I just love it. I just love it. It's so cute. And it is one of the most underrated starters ever. And I still maintain that when fairy Pokemon were added, it should have been a grass fairy type. It it just works, in my opinion. If you've got... Thank you. If you've got a comment or question, you can reach us by leaving a comment on our podcast yeah, on you YouTube, that. by emailing goldenrodpod at gmail.com, or by leaving it on our Discord channel. Connor, what have you got in the works? Uh, I am still currently working on, or I'll say Lewis is now working on the video about uh, terrestrialization done right. And I have started working on my new scripts about uh, character analysis from Scarlet and Violet to understand exactly why these characters feel so much better than the ones we've seen before. And I won't lie, I was doing, uh, so I'm, my first one is Nimona. And after having watched her back, and watched all of the scenes that she has, I realized something about her personality that I won't spoil here, but there's something very specific about her that most people haven't noticed yet. Okay. Over, I don't know if I can ask this, and you don't have to answer it. Are you positive or negative on Nimona? I'm positive. Like, a, I think she's yeah, fantastic. Yeah. Okay, right. I'm, lo- I'm looking forward to seeing where you go with that. In terms of what I'm working on at the moment, um, recorded the script for the Cycles Are Only Challenge video uh, today, so I need to edit it this week to pull it together next week, so it should be out probably the first week of March. Um, I'm going to return to live streaming on Sunday as well. It's been long overdue, um, and there's something else I want to stop i'm not going to mention it in in this week because then if it doesn't come out i've got nothing for next week um <laughs> that's the show for this week if you've gotten this far you're just a top dollar aren't you connie where can we find you you can find me on my youtube channel at captain fidget or on twitter at cap fidget i'm ben you can find me as professor hoen gaming on youtube and professor hoen on twitter as for the golden rod podcast you can find us on the usual platform search for golden rod podcast on youtube or on your usual podcast app Leave a like on YouTube or a five-star review if you're listening as a podcast. We'll be back next Friday for another week of Pokemon podcast content. See ya!